On this episode of A Tale of Two Rivals, this is part two of the Tale of Two Rivals conversation on 2022 rookie quarterbacks, and we dive into our conversation right off the bat talking Desmond Ritter. Stay tuned. Next guy, Kenny Pickett. All right, David, tell us some numbers about Kenny Pickett. So Kenny Pickett, 24-year-old out of Pitt, another a- ACC quarterback. He is a little bit more traditional size up there at 6'3", uh, 217 pounds, the infamous 8.5-inch hands, and he actually ran a 4.7, 340-yard dash. 52 games played at Pitt, which is the highest in this class. Uh, 72.8% was the highest clean pocket uh, per, per percentage for him. He averaged around 68% for his career from a clean pocket and relatively safe turnworthy per play percentages at 2.8% was his best and 3.4 was his career average. Uh, not as efficient as the rest of this class, at least for the career or the career average was uh, 7.5, which is yards per 10, which is very low, but he had a lot of down seasons and had that big last season and he was up there at 97 uh, adjusted yards per attempt and the lowest of the big time throws in this class, only 5.2% big time throw percentage and his average is 3.5%. And there's no one else under five. So, you know, it doesn't portray like he has the arm, even though I hear from a lot of people tonight, I think I'm gonna hear from you too, that he does show some upside with that arm. And he's actually made a huge jump here in this last year. While he does have that standout play where he basically created a new rule with the fake slide and was, lit Twitter on fire for 48 hours and actually all sports media for 48 hours. Uh, Not a a huge rusher. He has 801 career yards. Uh, His best career yards was 233 adequate for sure. But his, his highest or his best attempt uh, rush attempt market share on his team was 2.1%. So definitely lower than the rest of these quarterbacks. We're going to talk about, well, of the top of the, of all the ones we've talked about so far. Yeah, I mean, Pickett's got, definitely got a strong arm. He, he vastly improved, but let's put it this way. Last year, I was in two startups for C2Cs. He went undrafted in one, and then he was, in the, he was picked in the last round in the other, and people made fun of the pick. <laughs> so no one saw this coming from a fifth-year starter who was flat-out average at best before this year. 35% of his total yardage and 52% of his touchdown total came in his fifth season. That raises flags. Yep. Fake slide was kind of cool. He had a huge year. He improved, no doubt. Heisman finalist, above average athlete. But I'm just not turning a blind eye to those previous few years. And I have a really difficult time being confident that he could be an NFL starter. However, draft capital was king. Opportunities there. I would probably not put a first round pick on him, but I'd be thrilled to get him in the beginning of the second round if I could. He's on the line of like the tier for me. So I just create, just put him in tier two, and he's in it by himself. He is tier two. That's it. Because I would easily move a second to move up to pick him over Ritter or Strong, but I wouldn't move a, a, a second 
to move back to pick him so I miss out on Corral, Willis, or Howell. I'd rather have those three guys than him. However, the NFL might think differently than I do. Best case scenario is the pit at 20 feels too much of like a push narrative after you went to Pittsburgh. And, but it, Tom, this is the second time you mentioned it. You know this Mitch Trubisky's in Pittsburgh now too, right? Yeah, I'm aware. Okay. All right, cool. I just wanted to make sure we... And the audience knows too. Mitch Trubisky is... I mean, sure. I'm sorry. He's not the long-term plan. Is he, is he one of your North Carolina quarterbacks? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was... He, yeah, Al was better. Uh, so... <laughs> Pittsburgh at 20, it's out there for a reason. It's it's realistic. Uh, I definitely see him as another early round, uh, early second round pick if he makes it out of the first round. And I do think he makes it out of the first round. But I, I've heard a lot of people that don't agree with that, that he will be there. I just don't see how a guy blowing up as a fifth-year senior is a great thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's that's weird. That's weird to put so much stock in that it took that long for him to blow up. I don't get it. We're on the same page there, Todd. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's weird. Because, like, also, like, if he had had, like, some good seasons, but they were, like, average to below average every year. So, like, yeah, I'm good. All right, next guy, Desmond Ritter, the Bearcat. Go, David. And Ritter is from Cincinnati out of the American Conference, which is a step down from at least the ACC and the SEC, not necessarily from Liberty. But he... Is 23 years old, and he's a little bit more traditional size at 6'3", 211, with those big 10-inch mitts and a 4'5", 240. He played in 50 career games, so even though he's a little older, at least he's got the requisite amount of, uh, at least he's played in a lot of games. He's not necessarily very accurate, but he did get better, and he's not very accurate in the American Conference. You know, you're adjusting for for his, his conference, not terribly sexy at 72.7% McLean pocket was his best year. His average is 67.9%, which is the almost the lowest in this class. But he did have a very good job taking care of the ball. With all, His best is a 2.0 turn away percentage, which is very, very good that he holds on the ball. His career AYA, not up there with the other players at 8.2, just yards per attempt. His best, though, was 9.2, which is getting better. But still, when you're just in for conference, just not quite there and not as efficient as the other players, adequate uh, big-time throw rate and efficiency overall. But he did also push the ball down the field a little bit more with his best career dot right up there with Howell and Willis at 11.7. And uh, yeah, Todd, and he does rush. I think that's what people like about him. He's got over 2,000 career rushing yards, and his best was 650 uh, rushing yards. And that's really the thing with Ritter. People are trying to say he's a cheaper Konami code, if he does sneak into this, the end of the first round, people get excited here. And I should say, Todd, he does come in as my five, or no, my four ahead of Kenny Pickett, but it's neck and neck. And I, I'm having trouble wrestling between American and ACC here. I know you're about to move into your stuff, but that's my biggest struggle right here is how much do I wait that American conference? Because besides that, they're pretty similar from a fantasy outlook. But Todd, take it away. Do your thing. Yeah, the biggest knock is the competition level runner. Pocket presence and his decision making are all in in that consideration too, and they're legit. And he's not terrible in the parking or reading a defense. There's just room for improvement there. The man was the driving force over Cincinnati's insanely successful uh, last few years, and he was a four year starter. So the experience is there. Size, athleticism, arm strength, leadership, experience. He checks all the boxes. I believe the lack of elite competition has helped inflate his profile. 
as since he dominated most of the opponents, uh, most of their impo- opponents, because they also were bringing in like major transfers from all over the place. Like Jerome Ford was at Alabama, then he just ran all over people when he was at Cincinnati. When he did play a league competition, it was you know it was a mixed bag. He was very overwhelmed by Alabama and looked below average in his playoff game. But then he played well against Notre Dame in an upset, and he showed a lot of guts against Georgia in the Peach Bowl in 2020. Yeah, I think Ritter's going to have outstanding value in rookie drafts. I just tough to see him going in the first round, but he's outstanding render, outstanding value anywhere in the second round that you can get him. Because he could easily get a chance to at least prove himself as a starter. Because of the lack of competition level, because I don't believe the draft capital is going to be in the first round, uh, he's at the top of my tier three. I think best case scenario is early second round, but I do think he's a stretch at that spot. I would say worst case scenario is early third to Atlanta, Seattle, Indy, or Detroit. And if that were to happen, and I was in the like beginning of the third round, I would trade up to move into the into the end of the second to get him. Uh, which is where a lot of people got Jordan Love and different capital there. But yeah, I mean, I would say that that's his worst case scenario was Atlanta, Seattle, Indy, or Detroit in the, in the early third. Some there are some people there are some real Ritter truthers out there, Todd. I feel like there's like a Ritter and a Pickett camp out there. They're real. The, those those fans are real, my friend. Yeah, and, and I would love to see what Ritter has over other people. When then you can also put that up against like the fact that he was in a weaker conference with better players in this conference on his team. It's they essentially were like the Alabama of the American Conference for like the majority of his career. It's inflated by that. So I, I can't get to be like at the truther level, but I do see there's a pop potential for him to land in a spot where he's going to have a chance to play. And that alone in Superflex is worth it. All right. Last guy. David, correct me if I'm wrong. You didn't even want to talk about this guy. Carson Strong. No, I have no desire to, but I'll quickly go through his stats here. All right, let me go through the stats here. He went. He's from Nevada. He'll be 22 years old. He played in four collegiate seasons, 22 games played in his career. Now, Carson Strong does have an okay look from an uh, accuracy level. He over 70% in the three years where he was mainly the starter. Average was 72 or 73.8% from a clean pocket percent, which is pretty was pretty good. And he topped out at 75% from a clean pocket the last two seasons. So that's when I. When I know Todd's going to talk about him as a pure passer, that's when he is definitely a little bit more of a traditional passer than some of these QBs here. He also was, on a side note, he was actually pretty good completing over 40% of his deep balls as well and didn't take a lot of sacks either, which stood out to me. Uh, and he did pretty well under pressure as well. Now, he is not as efficient. He's a step down from efficiency from everyone else we've been talking about in this class. His adjusted yards per attempt are... He has a best of 9.1, but his career average is 7.9, which is is pretty low to be considered the best passer. Now, he is solid here, but we're also Nevada. Nothing to write home about from uh, his strength of competition, his QBR, not really, not because of he's not a Russian quarterback either, but his QBR wasn't inspirational at all. And, but he does have a decent A dot of a career 9.3 A dot. So uh, overall here, Todd. There are things to like from him as a thrower of the ball, but there's also, I, you're, I'm sure you're going to talk about his knee injury, and he just doesn't pass the ball. He had negative uh, rushing yards because of sacks are thrown into there, but he's just not a rusher. And I think that kind of wraps up Carson Strong. Decent, uh, okay efficiency, decent accuracy, 
and that's Carson, and he's uh, 22. So that's kind of sums him up from my perspective. Yeah. So boy, did this guy plummet quickly during this season. I saw plenty of takes that he should be the first QB off the board. And now he's consistently going in third round of rookie mock. That's insane to me. And this is really, I feel like the, the criticism is a little unfounded into the level it's at. Because I think people are focusing on too much on a very small sample size with the second half of last year. But you got to look at the whole body of work. As a passer, he's very good. He's very accurate, in my opinion. I, he's near elite with the arm strength. Puts the ball in places to let his receivers be dangerous after the cast. The concerns, he's quite immobile. Um, so unless he masters moving within the pocket and getting the ball out fast, there's a chance he's going to be living that David Carr life. If he could move like at all, he could be like a tier one QB, but he has, it's like, it's like he's standing in cement. That is concerning. So he's tier three. And I think he's a great sleeper as like the beginning of the third round. If he's still in the, in your draft pool at the beginning of the third round, I don't see why he wouldn't be worth a shot. Because there is a possibility of him getting the opportunity because he is a good thrower. So base case scenario surprised me if he ended up at 32 Detroit. I don't see why that would happen, but I won't rule it out. Early second uh, with those 9 out of 16 teams that are begging for a QB in there in the second round. Makes sense. Worst case scenario is I definitely see that he could be falling into the third round and end up in a backup role, which I don't think would be a crazy development given his profile. But let's also keep on. He's definitely the sixth best QB in this draft, and there's only 32 starting spots. So, there's like, is there a possibility that he could find some value? Absolutely. But this is all me looking at it before I see the capital in the landing spot. That's going to be a big determinant of strong. I think he's the guy that everybody's also checked out that we could all be sitting in deferred tune after the draft. Yeah, I guess if an NFL team falls in love with him, wants to give him a shot. I think he's going to have to go the Kirk Cousins route where he's going to have to overplay a starter, like take take a job away. But that's just me. I also heard some weird things about his character from the combine. Like people didn't like him in the interviews, but you know how there's always agendas, misinformation stuff there. So next. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> like whatever. So, yeah. But I will say, Todd, uh, just kind of put a bow on these quarterbacks to me. There feels like there's three who could see stretches of their career as starters. I think there's three viable fantasy assets for out of the quarterbacks here. And I think the rest are, are backup quarterbacks in this, in this league. If, if that to be for some of them, to be honest. Now we forgot about a really key part in the evaluation process. Did any of their teammates go to his birthday party? If, if you didn't go to your QB's <laughs> birthday party, I'm not going to draft you. All right. If there's anything I learned from draft day. All right. Any final thoughts, David? That those were my final thoughts, Todd. But to kind of wrap up, like that, you want to know about their birthday parties, right there. That's, that's no your final thoughts. No, <laughs> yeah. Just to wrap up, kind of the quarterback. Yeah, I, I actually on, I wrapped up the quarterbacks, Todd. But just as a wrap up, too, from my point of view, from the the exercise, Todd, I'm wishing you all the best. Who knows? This could be our last podcast before you have your second your second child. So I just want to wish you good luck on air. And then I'll continue to harass you on social media and in the podcast and debate with you on fancy topics. But I will say too, this last couple of weeks have been awesome, Todd. Really been some things that really milestones for me was Matthew Barry gave me a follow. Uh, Mike Clay was using my database to to tweet out from his his main account, which was blew me away that you know when he has ESPN and everything. So that was really cool. And then also Evan Silva gave me a follow. So. 
and Liz Loza, really some four people that kind of have been up there for me. So that was a really cool weekend uh, last couple of weeks and uh, felt good because it's been, you know, Todd, this is a lot of work to go through these, these rookies, create these databases and stuff. So it felt, felt pretty good, man. Really got me excited for draft season now, man. Yeah, man. Um, I, I've been having fun. Uh, a lot of good C2C drafts. Uh, all that stuff that happened to you, man, is more than well-deserved. I picked the right coattails to, uh, to ride on. It's been a good time. Oh, stop it. And just riding your success, the popularity with the podcast. Thanks, buddy. I put together the Extraordinary League of C2C Gentlemen. I'm, ex- I'm very excited about that. Uh, handpicked a league. I'm getting a lot of question marks. Is this league happening? Oh, yeah. We're all, we're all in a sleeper. We're all in a sleeper. Okay. Group together. And I told everybody to calm down that I'm having a child. I'm kicking things off in June. So, oh, okay. June. Okay. Yeah. 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 You know, you know, like I have a kid on the way. I'm a little busy. I'm a little busy. Calm down, Levi. Things will be okay. All right. It wasn't Levi. It was actually Dynasty Coach A wanted on this. Oh, he's in. He's in. He's in. Okay. He, he made the cut. Barely. Yeah. No, man. I'm excited. Just ready to have a kid. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I'm excited to talk rookies. You can find me at F, uh, at FF underscore Banterman over in the Twitter machine. Well, I've already been asked to be on a few guest spots, and uh, we'll see when that comes up a little sooner. I'll be dropping when you can find me in other places. Davey, where can they find you? Find me at FF underscore, uh, underscore Spaceman Dave right on the tweet machine over at DLF. I've got a couple articles coming up this month. Maybe they'll come out before the NFL draft, but two articles coming up on some big-time prospects there, and then also over on the Patreon. It's been bumping lately, so find me over at FF underscore Spaceman there, and always on a tale to rivals. I'll see you later.